Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, welcome to Greg Keller Reports. I'm Carl Higby, filling in for Greg tonight. Don't worry, he'll be back tomorrow. You can usually catch me on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern, but let's get to it. Now, if you look at history in the wake of every major dictatorship, the question is always, how did the populations let their government get so much power? Many times, not even taken by force. Historians are always baffled by why would people allow the government to take away basic rights? I mean, many times, they give them up willingly. Well, the answer is threefold, and we're going to go into it. Even when on the verge of tyranny, most people don't even want to acknowledge it. First, the most common and less obvious, it's it, little by little, this is how do it. Democrats do this all the time. They take your, take guns, for instance. You know the, the argument where they say, oh, you know, crazy gun restrictions. They push for, like, outlandish stuff that would never be palatable under the Second Amendment. Then they say, oh, Republicans won't even compromise and give a little. You know, with the media jumping to their defense, writing things like, admit it, Republicans, you don't care about how many gun or Americans are killed by guns. And Republicans are braving announcing plans to do nothing to stop mass shootings. And before you know it, Republicans cave and they give a little. And you have things like the Brady Bill that banned 30-round magazines and AR-15s for years. More recently, why do you need a bump stock? Even Trump caved on this. The proper answer is, why do I need a bump stock? Because it's America, and I don't have to answer that question. But nope, Republicans caved. Each time, every government gets a little bit more control, and you lose a little bit more of your liberty. It's called creeping gradualism. Now, the second is through fear or, you know, desperation. For the greater good, is what they always say. The most glaring example of this worldwide is COVID. Governments around the world had this knee-jerk reaction, telling people that if they didn't go along with what the experts said, who, by the way, are all wrong now, that everyone would die. Even just one month ago, they were carrying this charade on. The President of the United States trying to stoke fear into Americans to get the vaccine, or else it would be a winter of death, or whatever he said. I mean, it's unbelievable. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. Yep, that didn't happen. And they have no scientific data to support their conclusions. But they shut down your business, changed election processes, forced you to cover your face, and even had to take a vaccine that had no long-term testing that doesn't even stop you from spreading the virus or getting it. it as less protection than natural immunity itself. Even Bill Gates said that. And for the most part, at least for the first year or so, people marched willingly along with it out of fear. See how that works? Now, the third stage, when you can't do the other two, is much of what we are seeing in Canada right now. Force. Think about that. In this case, under the guise of an emergency. When the people's will, i.e. the truckers whose rights, you know, they're 
rights to protest are supported by the Canadian Charter, which is like the Constitution of Canada. When those freedoms impede the agenda of, in this case, Trudeau, he suspended conventional law and freedom under the guise of an emergency to impose his agenda, justifying force using the Emergencies Act for the first time since its creation. He didn't stop there. He instructed the police force to go after these protesters, and the Ottawa police chief even admitted that they're going to go after anyone who was even present on the streets of Ottawa with every resource of the state. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. All the while, the media is largely trying to convince us that these truckers fighting against tyrannical Trudeau are actually the evil terrorist ones. Now, most Americans are seeing right through this fake news, and we can see what's going on here. The majority of U.S. voters support the truckers in Canada. A small, promising sign that we haven't totally lost the culture war here on uh, this side of the border. But this is happening here in America, too, on a much smaller scale, obviously. But think about it. Has our government unilaterally declared an emergency order to suspend constitutional rights, circumventing law and consolidating power that is otherwise expressly prohibited? Yep, they have. Scares you, doesn't it? You are probably thinking, wow, well, hmm, what mechanism do we have to stop the government from declaring an emergency anytime they want to take more control? This is what the Canadian truckers are warning us about and why they are doing what they are doing right now. The Huffington Post, the Huffington Post of all publications literally warned us that Trudeau might actually do something like this in 2014 and Canadians still let it happen. Look at this. The first paragraph of this article, like a prophecy, the leaders of that party does the leader of that party does what he wants when he wants and no one dares question him. Would Prime Minister Trudeau arbitrarily whip the vote and outlaw certain moral questions? Could Prime Minister Trudeau be trusted to make decisions for the good of the country, not just for personal self-worth? Would Trudeau call in the police to enforce his vision? Let's hope he never has the opportunity to ask those questions, end quote. Wow. Would he use the police to enforce his visions? Well, hmm. fast forward eight years, and here we are, police enforcing his vision, trampling protesters with horses. These people were otherwise lawful until Trudeau granted himself more power under an emergency act that has literally never been used before. Do you see how fast that happened? Folks, what we're seeing in Canada is really only a few months ahead of what is likely coming to the U.S. without a massive policy change. And you see how fast we went from like 14 days to flatten the curve? Do it for grandma. It's just a mask or whatever. Now it's arresting peaceful demonstrators, seizing bank accounts, seizing their property, and even taking their pets. They're taking people's dogs, folks, using facial recognition and financial hacking software to penalize people for supporting any opposing views to Trudeau in any way. Using the emergency power that he self-declared to force private business to tow fellow truckers against their will or face criminal charges. Wow. This, folks, this is how dictatorships happen. This is how every major dictator in the history of ever has always started. 
some, and thank God, some of the people of Canada have had enough. Are you prepared to lose your truck? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, come take my truck, do whatever you got to do. That's, that's fine. Well, because it's just a material possession, right? Freedom is, freedom is something much more than that. So take my possessions, put me in jail, sue me, do whatever you got to do. Boom. Boom. You know what? God bless that guy for being out in a t-shirt in five degree weather too. But what is crazy still is in, in poll after poll, Canadians are largely still totally fine with a vaccine mandate, which is bizarre to me. Why can't it be a choice? Because if you allow this mandate, and listen carefully here, folks, if you allow this mandate, something as sacred as being forced to inject something into your own body against your will, what's to stop the next mandate? Perhaps it's something you might not agree with next time. But the precedent's been set. You don't have any legal recourse anymore. This trucker protest is the people's recourse against all government overreach, not just the vaccine mandate. This is an attempt of the people to reverse the expansion of the rule of government in Canada. In America, we have, thankfully, thankfully, a better system. And you know what? You want to know how I know it's better? You know what the cure for COVID actually was, folks? The midterms. The polls. Seriously. It wasn't the science or the vaccine. It was our system that caused even blue states to roll back draconian mandates. But we had to fight for it. We had to get loud. And I will bet you, I'm betting you right here tonight on Greg's program, that Joe Biden, in the State of the, the, State of the Union address, he's going to claim that eh, he beat COVID. He's going to claim success. Not because the science or the cases or, or the actual virus changed at all. No, no, no. But because the threat of his party getting thrown out of power for overstepping is very, very, very real. Because we got loud. Because we stood up for our rights like Canada's doing right now. Don't be fooled, though. Folks, remember who shut down your businesses, who forced you to vaccinate, who took away your choice to be able to provide for your family if you didn't bow to their will. Remember that in every election. And you know what? Teach your kids about it, too. And if you do, Republicans will win every election for the next hundred years. But the second you forget, and trust me, the left is counting on you forgetting. If you give one inch, the Democrats will take a mile. Remember that. Hold the line. We're joined now by Congressman Greg Stubbe, Republican of the great state of Florida and a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Congressman, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So before we get back to Canada and the tyrannical Trudeau, we, have, we actually do have some late-breaking developments. Russian President Vladimir Putin signed decrees ordering military forces into two separatist regions of Ukraine for, quote, peacekeeping purposes, I'm sure that is. But as Moscow recognizes breakaway regions and independence, the United Nations made a statement on Putin's recognition of the breakaway separatist regions in eastern Ukraine. The Secretary General is greatly concerned by the decision by the Russian Federation related to the status of certain areas of Donetsk and Luhansk regions of Ukraine. He calls for the peaceful settlement of the conflict in eastern Ukraine in accordance with the Minsk Agreement, as endorsed by the Security Council in 2015. The Secretary General considers the decision of the Russian Federation to be a violation of the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Ukraine and inconsistent with the principles of the Charter of the United Nations. 
But Congressman, before we get on to uh, Canada and Freedom Talk, um, you know, we're seeing these unconfirmed videos from Russia already crossing uh, geographical borders, Russian forces obviously breaking into these, these areas. We hear martial law might be instituted by Ukraine. Are you hearing anything in D.C. about this right now, sir? No, that's what we're hearing. And the Biden administration's response to this is, well, let's sanction that portion of eastern Ukraine, not sanction the Russians. Like we are where we are today because they lifted Trump era sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. By lifting those sanctions, the Biden administration opened up billions upon billions of dollars of revenue straight to Moscow. Mm -hmm. And so that allowed them to build up their military and allowed an opening of resources directly to them. And now the Russians have have gone into eastern Ukraine. Yep. We have confirmation of that. And the Biden administration's response to that is let's sanction eastern Ukraine, yep. not the Russians. Why yeah. aren't we sanctioning Russia? Well, I'm going to talk about later in the program of why we're not respected on the global stage anymore. But I want to get to Canada with you. All right. Um, you're like 1,500 miles away from them down in Florida. But Canada is basically turning into a totalitarian state. I mean, before our eyes. And people are largely, I mean, aside from the truckers, the majority of Canada does not support these trucker protests. Can you think of a single reason why? Well, the great thing that, that you know, this has started to come to the United States because the Biden administration tried to put the vaccine mandates on employees and employers mm -hmm. and all of that. And thankfully, in this country, we have a United States Supreme Court, thankful yes. to President Trump, who had three appointments, that had a little bit of constitutional clarity to realize that the administration through OSHA could not mandate vaccines through it, through private companies. So yep. thankfully, we're not where we are. But that didn't stop the Biden administration, the Democrats, from attempting to get there. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd look just like Canada right now. Yeah, I mean, last week we saw mounted police trampling, trampling protesters. And they're saying, they, the, the Ottawa police came out with a tweet that says, like, oh, we were just you know, holding the line. No, they were pushing the line back. In what world is this okay? Well, and none of these people were armed. These are, these right. are citizens of Canada who are standing up for their freedoms and their rights, and Trudeau is sending in police to shut them down. I, I mean, if this doesn't make Americans very concerned for the future yeah. of our country, especially if Democrats continue to have control and we don't take the House back in the midterms, just like you said in your monologue before I came on, these type of policies are moving slowly into the United States. And the Biden administration has already attempted, and thankfully the Supreme Court shut him down. But that doesn't mean they're not going to continue to try. Yeah, no, I mean, but that's the problem is like we have certain laws and we have the Constitution. They have the Canadian Charter. And if you can just... If you can just call out an emergency, like make up an emergency and then use that to circumvent that's what's to stop anybody from calling an emergency whenever politically convenient? Well, and that's what the Biden administration tried to do with the employer uh, vaccine mandate through OSHA. Mm -hmm. They used OSHA, the agency, to say, hey, this is emergency. Uh, you have to force vaccines on anybody yeah. that has a company than 100 or more. So they attempted the same thing. And thankfully, we had a court that shut it down. And you haven't heard a lot of that yet. Yeah. But still, you have this uh, State of the Union coming up. And the floor of the House of Representatives still has a mask mandate, despite the D.C. metro area now lifted their max, uh, uh, vaccine mandate. They lifted their max mandate. Uh, but the, the floor of the House of Representatives, run by Speaker yeah. Pelosi, yeah. will be the last place on in this country Ever. that will lift the mask mandate. Congressman Greg Stubbe, we appreciate you taking the time tonight, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up, what the Biden administration is threatening to do if Russia invades Ukraine, and, well, Ukraine President Zelensky wasn't exactly happy with it. Next.
Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All right, so we have some new developments in the Russia-Ukraine crisis right now. The White House releasing a statement that President Biden strongly condemned Russian President Putin's decision to purportedly recognize the independence of the so-called DNR and LNR regions of Ukraine. Now, he updated President Zelensky on the United States response, including our plan to issue sanctions. Now, a new unconfirmed video Russian separatist media channels are purporting to show Russian forces already crossing into breakaway republics in the violation of the, the Minsk agreements. So it appears Biden hasn't learned a thing from history, or at least he can't remember that it was not only his failure, but did General Lloyd Austin's failure in withdrawing troops back in Iraq in 2011? Well, here's Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on ABC News this Sunday, painting a very clear picture of what a Russian invasion might look like. This is not a bluff. I don't believe it's a bluff. I think it's a I think he's assembled the right kind, uh, the kinds of things that you would need uh, to conduct a successful uh, invasion. Would we see tanks rolling into Kiev? Well, you could see that. I mean, that's highly likely. You could see that. Um, you could see um, a significant amount of combat power move very quickly down to take Kiev. So in terms of uh, the types of things that could happen, one only need to look at what's on the other side of the Ukrainian border. This guy has no idea, no idea whatsoever. And that's the scary part. I mean, sadly, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and this administration, they have displayed the same incompetence that they did with the botched diplomacy that the Iraq, you know, obviously ISIS took over Iraq. And then again in Afghanistan. Join me now to discuss this is former FBI agent and fellow team guy, John Gillum. John, appreciate you joining us. You got it, my friend. All right. So. This is, to me, is bad. Like, look, everybody knows that Joe Biden is a bit of a dumpster fire, okay? However, the people advising him are way worse. So Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, I mean, he doesn't have a good track record. He screwed up Iraq. He was the architect of that. In fact, that's why Joe Biden said he hired him. Screwed up Afghanistan, and now he's in charge of potentially a a war with a nuclear power? So, Carl, I want to challenge you and everybody else to look at this differently. You know, you and I, when we look at things, we look at whatever is going to bring mission success, standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. We look at the best way to do something, and then that's what we focus on. But I want to challenge you to think that these individuals, in the case of Iraq and now in the case of, of what's happening in the Ukraine, that they are getting exactly what they want. They did not want us in. They didn't really care, nor did they want full success in Iraq because it could have been obtained. Right. Um, they didn't want it. They rushed out of there. And that's then, even scarier. Uh, they, that's even scarier. And, and I do believe that this is what we're looking at, because now, you know, when Lloyd Austin was talking there, he was somebody who was is trying to recollect. You could see the way he was looking up and he's looking up because yeah. he's trying to create an image for you and for the rest of us out there so that we can understand what the what the picture is that they're going to paint with the pictures that they want. And then the fact that he's smirking at the end of that, to me, is very troubling because it does not signify somebody who is serious about what's happening, yeah. that, the, that the issue is serious, and it does not look like he wants anything except for what the picture is that he just painted when he's looking up like that to recollect. Well, speaking of people who are not serious, here's Vice President Harris with Western leaders at a security conference in Munich this Saturday. Listen to this. We have prepared 
together economic measures that will be swift, severe, and united. We will impose far-reaching financial sanctions and export controls. <laughs> oh, they've prepared them. All right, they're sitting on a napkin somewhere in Joe Biden's night table. I mean, like, what is the point of, and Zelensky made this point the other day too, like, what is the point of having sanctions after they've already done everything the sanctions were supposed to prevent in the first place? Carl, you have to realize she's reading what she's saying, right? That's not something that she's making up from her own expertise. That is, that's clear buffoonery that has been written by people that are paid by our taxpayer money that work in the White House, okay? Yeah. So that that is what is scary. The other thing is, do they really think before, during, or after the fact that sanctioning Russia is going to change anything? Right. This is not a third yeah. world country. And Putin is not a third world leader. He's a trained KGB agent who could care less about these sanctions. That right. superpower will stand on its own regardless of what the other uh, leftist ran governments think. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up the fact that he's a KGB operative, former KGB operative. Um, well, I don't know if you're ever really former in that. But at the same time, John, my problem here is he is playing this like a fiddle. We stopped oil production. They're pumping more oil out. Oil is almost 100 bucks a barrel. He doesn't care if there's sanctions, to your point. He's making a ton of money off that. They have the same size economy as, like, the state of Texas. So it's not like there's some huge worldly economy. The other thing, too, is going back to the KGB thing, do you think, and this is my, my kind of take on this thing, is, okay, do you think Putin's like slowly leaking battle plans to different units to kind of flush out sources that we have, and that's why we keep getting it wrong? I, I think Putin is so far ahead of what everybody else is doing, and the way that he is playing this um, is, is masterful in that he, he is causing the rest of this group, I don't want to call them allies or the rest of the world, it's certainly mm -hmm. not the rest of the world, he's causing them to uh, to react. So he's actually doing things and saying things that are going to cause us to maneuver, whereas it doesn't appear to me that uh, military or any of our other intelligence is working to forward yeah. think what Putin may, doing, may be doing. And the, and the other thing is, we say everything. Yeah. We say everything what we're going to do. So he doesn't really have to think. And I, and I think, I, I just, it, Carl, it's so conspiratorial to say these things, but I don't know what side that Lloyd Austin and Biden and all these other people, I have no clue yeah. what side they're playing on this because it's certainly not in the best interest of the Ukrainian people. Yeah, but you know what? Going back to the conspiratorial side, like you and I were conspiracy theorists for mentioning the fact that natural immunity and COVID was a, a bad thing. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. It turns out to be the science. So Jonathan Gillum, the author of Sheep No More, great, fantastic book. But folks, by the way, pick it up. John, appreciate you joining me. You got it, brother. Thank you for all having right. me. Talk soon. All right, coming up, how the Biden administration is doing everything they can to raise the price of gas and energy, and the details on that are going to be next. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer and Company's your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know.
All right, so we have some new developments with the Russia-Ukraine crisis. The White House has released a statement regarding Putin's recognition of a breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine. President Biden strongly condemned Russia President Vladimir Putin's decision to purportedly recognize the, quote, independence of the so-called DNR and LNR regions of Ukraine. He also updated President Zelensky to the United States' response, including our plan to issue sanctions. Now, some unconfirmed video also coming out from the Russian media claims to show Russian trucks uh, towing artillery into the Donbass region of occupied Ukraine, already crossing into the breakaway republics, which could be a violation of the Minsk agreements. With other uncertainty in the world, one thing is certain. Every day, America is spending more and more on gas and energy, and of course, inflation and turmoil. And in Eastern Europe, it isn't helping. But if you see Team Biden isn't really doing anything they can to make it less expensive. They're certainly not working to put out more oil here in America. The Biden administration to delay oil and gas leasing amid legal appeal. Hmm, weird. Well, a Trump-appointed judge has blocked the Biden administration's method of calculating the, quote, social costs associated with greenhouse gases, arguing that these estimates artificially increase the cost estimates of lease and sales. Senior columnist for the town hall, Kurt Schlichter, joins me now. Kurt, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, so, all right, you seem like a perfect guy for this. Biden seems like he's doing everything he can to make everything more expensive or even not available on the shelves at all. I mean, like, at, at, at one point, you must think, like, here, here's Joe Biden sitting there at the table like, Gee, guys, energy costs are rising. How can we fix this? Well, President Biden, I think, you know what we should do? We should probably stop oil production here in America. I mean, like, what is he thinking? Well, look, you're you're operating under the premise that uh, Biden is looking to achieve uh, prosperity and freedom for the country. The reality is he's looking to increase the power of his left wing friends. And one of the ways they do that is by or his uh, son or or his son. Well, he is Mr. Ten percent. Um it is one of the ways is to, uh, uh, you know, make sacrifices to the great climate goddess uh, for, in the climate change hoax. Yeah. And uh, that, that's I mean, his, his left wing people want to destroy the American energy industry, uh, ironically, uh, uh, giving a making a field day for uh, mm. Vladimir Putin, who's now got one hundred dollar a barrel gas, while Americans who uh, we're in our energy independent a year ago, no longer are. Right. But, you know, it, 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 people are, well, that's crazy. It's only crazy if you believe that his goal is prosperity and freedom for Americans. Yeah. It's not. It's power for him and uh, money for his friends. But is that, that too much I mean, to that, expect that, from an American yeah. president? I mean, gee. <laughs> Well, no, no, it isn't. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are very upset that Donald Trump said mean things about Rosie O'Donnell on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And when they're paying six dollar gallon gas, which I saw the other day in Los Angeles, uh, I, I hope they look at that and go, well, you know, it's expensive. But at least Rosie O'Donnell's feelings aren't hurt. The problem is we have an essentially unserious country. Uh, we now have an unserious military and we absolutely have an unserious president. Yeah. He, he started out stupid and then he got senile. It's like that he began he began in a hole and his idea was instead of climbing out was to start digging. Um, he's a failure on every level. Yeah. He's a disgrace. He's literally going to be one of the uh, two or three right. worst presidents in the history of the United States. I hope he doesn't. Uh, uh, I hope he's not as bad as James Buchanan. Right. But I mean, look, look who we got would, in the dugout. We got 
Kamala Harris, who Dick Cheney literally shot someone in the face and his approval ratings were higher than hers. So you, you can't make this stuff up. All right, so I want to talk about mask hypocrisy because I'm like really hot on this topic. <laughs> you're, you're laughing about this and you're about to laugh harder. A Virginia school board chairwoman who berated parents for challenging mask mandates, by the way, well, she was caught posing maskless in a crowd of people and then got called out. Watch. Miss Cass, you also yelled at me the last time I was here for taking off my mask, but here's a picture of you right here on Facebook with a crowd of people That's it. with no mask on. Uh, this Excuse is my me. time and I don't interrupt no. you. Here's another picture no. with you with a no mask on. I'm sorry, Ms. Vaught, you are done. If you are going to sit there and disparage a member of our school board, then you can sit down. If you have something effective to say. I have facts and truth on my side. I am not going to sit here. This isn't about you anymore. It's about can we have a police officer, please? I'm done. Time is, time is up. When she leaves or I leave. Yeah, so, what, I is mean. is she in Canada? <laughs> well, that's what I, no, they no, weren't no, on I mean, horseback. I mean, literally, she just, you. You have an elected official saying, I'm going to send a policeman at you for saying mean things about me. No, not even that. For I mean, pulling I mean, up her public that. public profile of Facebook, that that, that person, that school board you know, person posted uh, uh, herself. Uh, uh, Carl, I, I, don't, I don't care if she was doing interpretive dance. That is an American citizen standing yeah. in front of a subordinate. Right. The chain of command is God, American citizen, politicians. That's yeah. the chain of command. And uh, uh, apparently some of the people have forgotten that chain of command. Yeah. But you and I understand chain of command, and we need to make these hacks understand it. The, the utter disgrace of an American politician threatening to send a person with a gun at an American citizen who is criticizing that politician is almost too much to handle. Uh, a lot of guys who you knew and, and, and some that I knew have been hurt or died mm. for that right. So yep. this isn't this isn't just funny. You're you're hundred okay? percent right. On the, this is an attack on the premise Everything. of what it means to be a citizen. Everything. That, that government official is a subordinate. That government official works for that woman. That government official owes that woman Kurt, an explanation and a respectful hearing. You have nailed it, and I appreciate it. But uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. I got to go. Kurt Schlichter, <laughs> appreciate you being here, sir. We could go on all day. <laughs> oh, all day. All right. Hope to see you at CPAC. Yeah, man. All right, folks. Mr. Know-it-all. Bill Gates chimed in over the weekend about the Omicron variant. We're going to talk about what he has to say and bring it to a real medical expert on all the facts after the break. Sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. So why did all these people have to lose their jobs, get kicked out of the military, not allowed to get a cheeseburger in Manhattan? Unbelievable. Well, here to answer that is professor at Stanford School of Medicine, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. Doctor, appreciate you joining us. Yeah, you know, pleasure to be here. Okay, so Mr. Vaccine himself, uh, you know, Bill Gates, has basically been out there selling this. He's invested heavily in a lot of these things. So what the hell did we lose our minds for, for the vaccine? Well, I mean, I think the vaccine is effective for pre preventing severe disease. 
right? So if, if we had used this vaccine and had deployed it in a way that's like reasonable, right. we could have convinced basically almost every elderly person in the country and in the world to be vaccinated by now. Um, and we would have seen much less death and, and uh, severe outcomes from, from, from the disease. Instead, we used it to split society apart, to force people who didn't, who are already COVID recovered to get it or lose their jobs, uh, essentially demonize a whole class of people and say, look, no, you're second class citizens. You're not allowed to come into you know, museums or, or libraries or restaurants if you haven't got the vaccine. I mean, all of that basically, I think, fueled a, a group of people saying, look, I don't want this. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just don't, I don't, I mean, I think uh, Bill Gates is part of the problem here. Um, he, uh, I mean, I think it's not unreasonable to say we should have vaccinated the old, older population. I think that's, that's really the right thing to do. But every tactic we used was designed to, to create vaccine hesitancy. And I'm afraid that's what's happened. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is there's a lot of people like myself who are not vaccinated. I, I choose not to be. I'm not against it. Like, you want to get vaccinated? Sure. Fine. Go ahead. Doesn't matter to me. I mean, I think it should be that optional, you know, thing that's once known as freedom here in America. But um, I want to get to the, the big part here, which is the ongoing battle of masking our kids in school. We are just talking about it earlier in the show. Our school boards, are, are they're just defiant. Are, are they defiant because they don't want to admit they're wrong? Or there's some hidden double secret probation science that only great people on the Board of Ed know or holders know about? I mean, there is no randomized study at all on whether masking children in schools has any effect whatsoever on slowing disease spread. And there's lots of like real world evidence that suggests that it doesn't, not all that effective. There's mm -hmm. lots of good evidence from before, from, uh, from early in the pandemic, even before the vaccines, that uh, the children are not actually particularly efficient spreaders of the disease. It's not like other, mm -hmm. other viruses where children actually do, are, are more likely to spread than, than adults. Here you have children that are less likely to spread than adults, mm -hmm. uh, all else equal. And the mandates themselves don't seem to be very effective. Children don't wear masks all that effectively. Right. And why would you expect them to? They're children. I mean, just look at that, that <laughs> cute picture with the kid holding their nose. I mean, I think um, I think it's 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 it was it was almost like we decided to put our anxieties, our adult yep. anxieties on our children. And I don't think makes that makes any sense. Then that's the thing, too, is like basically like everywhere I live in Connecticut, they unmasked everybody else everywhere else. But yet our, me and a couple other parents just fought this massive battle to get the mask off our kids. And, and they fought us at every turn. And I'm like, guys, these are not vectors of the spread of this. There's no transmission, you know, any significant data to point out any reason that shutting down our schools, masking, stupid plastic devices did absolutely anything to, you know, I mean, at some point you have to, you have to know, like, like, what is the, you know, what is the vector of transmission amongst kids? I mean, the disease spreads almost no matter what we do, in especially when we put, take on things that don't have very good scientific evidence behind mm -hmm. them, including things like, I mean, the plastic shields are just, in, I mean, there's literally, I think there's evidence that actually helps spread the disease. Um, so I, I think, um, yeah. The problem was it, the, everyone wanted to, to protect themselves or, or protect others from this. And, they, and rather than saying, hey, what actually works, mm -hmm. we latched on to things that were visible that could work as opposed to things that, that were less visible that might have worked better. The yeah. key was protecting older people, older people who, who die at much, such higher rates from the disease. We should have adopted much better policies to protect older people. Yeah. Instead, we made the lives of children miserable, and still older people got infected. It's like the, the mask is the rabbit foot for the left. They just need something like tangible that they can say, see, we're doing something. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, we appreciate you joining us, doctor. Thank you. All right, next. 
The fake news rooted and rallied for the all Biden throughout all the campaign. Nearly a year and a month into his presidency, there's a change in tune, though. We're going to talk about that after the break. Well, a developing story on the UK and Russia tensions right now. The United States expects that troops could move into Donbass as soon as tonight or tomorrow for their so-called peacekeeping missions. Now, we showed you this unconfirmed video earlier in the show, which reportedly shows Russian troops moving into military trucks into the occupied eastern area of Ukraine. Well, Newsmax will continue to follow this story and keep you up to date with the latest news from Eastern Europe. Now, let's take on the fake news. Fewer than half of Democrats want President Biden to be their nominee in 2024. I do not understand why he would not manifest that care into taking this investigation more seriously, contemplating the obvious failures of his administration. Democrats, a lot of them have been frustrated with, you know, President Biden going out there and saying inflation is, quote, transitory, like it's just temporary. It's going to go away. And it's been months now. It's only gotten worse. President Biden came into office with this being his top priority. He was going to take on the, the, the pandemic. He was going to defeat the pandemic. Whoop, there it is. So, I mean, look, even the people that rallied the hardest for Biden in the last elections are starting to realize, wow, this, this, this sucks. So this is usually the place where I give you the I told you so speech. But unfortunately, Americans are too busy working a second job so they can't pay for the massive inflation costs. I mean, this is unbelievable. Folks, Republicans instill policies that work. We are a party of steely-eyed missile men where the sky's the limit. We think everybody should have the freedom to do or not do whatever they want for themselves as long as it doesn't affect anybody else. Earn as much money or as little money as they want and not have to pay for government programs that have shrimps running on treadmills. That's all. In other, in, I mean, in the other corner, you have Joe Biden. I mean, like, how are our elections a 50-50 proposition? It is just absolutely bananas to me. Joining me to break some of that down is managing editor at Newsbusters, Curtis How. Curtis, appreciate you being here. Good to be with you, Carl. All right. I'm, I'm sorry, but didn't the New York Times win a Pulitzer Prize on their Russian collusion hoax? And, you know, like, it, this is the, what is crazy to me. It is absolutely crazy to me that they were totally in the tank for the Democrats, and now all of a sudden they, they run this. Watch. The hypocrisy of the New York Times here is off the charts. If you look at what they did with Hillary Clinton and her, her alleged email scandal versus how they basically buried the story of Trump eating classified documents, it's off the charts and shows you just how much bias um, we have in the media for Trump. Curtis, in the history of ever, has the New York Times ever buried a story in any event ever in an effort to trash Trump? Yeah, Carl, I'm really struggling with this one. I don't know what racist venom is going on over at MSNBC. <laughs> um, Head on Twitter refers to uh, Ellie Mistel's mad scientist, Fat Albert. And yeah. I don't know what, what he's got going on there. He's really divorced from reality. He kind of squares with uh, the other videos you showed in the lead-in about just a general uh, detachment from reality on behalf of the liberal media. I right. mean, generally, they already are, but they're showing it. They're really having a difficult time with life right now because right. they're by Joe Biden and their other cohorts in the news media aren't really giving themselves anything. They're not really uh, – their, their unholy alliance has broken down. Imagine yep. that. I who ran a campaign Shocker. in his – is it helping them out? Yeah. No, who could possibly have seen that coming? All right, listen to what ABC had to say about Biden's performance. Joe Biden ran as Harry Truman. He thought he was going to govern as Franklin Roosevelt. But this, to me, looks just like Jimmy Carter. 
That's being generous. I mean, he handed back Afghanistan to terrorists. Shelves are empty. Inflation going up faster than Biden's approval rating is actually going down. The, the glaring ridiculousness of what has happened to this country since he became, like, in a year. Nobody thought he could screw this up that fast, and he did. Right. The adults are supposed to be back in charge, Carl, and look what's happened. I mean, what did, were they, are they asleep or honey, I shrunk the kids and they're, we can't hear them. I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, we do know what's going on. Right. Joe Biden is asleep here. And Kamala Harris was over in the Munich conference with a completely different schedule than the secretary of state. She was over there to burnish her, burnish <clears throat> her uh, political credentials. Yeah. You know, this administration, everything they do and say can be seen through the lens of failure and the news media, even when the news media is admitting that, they're still trying to figure out a way to couch themselves in talking about Trump somehow, making it about Trump. I'm sure Joy Reid, uh, as we speak right now, the show is airing, is going off about how, you know, it's probably Donald Trump's fault somehow that Putin is rolling tanks and troops into into right. Ukraine. When, no, we, we need to understand, remember what happened in 2014. None of this has to do with Republicans. It's the right. weakness, recklessness of the left and yeah. the new media is totally accomplices in that. So I hope they're happy. Yeah. So let's let the spinning begin. Watch. They have more, more walls than fencing. Okay. This is hilarious. Capital perimeter fence erected after January 6th, right? Will be reinstalled ahead of Biden's state of the union address on March one as the truckers freedom convoy heads for Washington. I thought this was a party that said that walls and fences don't work. Why the heck would they instill it before the state of the union? Are they afraid of something, Curtis? Right. I mean, it's the same reason that they have walls and fencing installed at their own houses, that Sonny Hostin lives yeah. in a multi-million dollar home with tons of security. It's the same sort of thing. So how about, just, just bear with me, Carl, how about saying encroachments on people's rights is bad, no matter what side Whoa. you're here? Whoa. We, we can't have that here, okay? Yeah, if, if your house. rights interfere with their narrative, we can't, you don't have rights. Those rights aren't rights anymore. They're privileges, Curtis. Right, exactly. <laughs> Privileges, because, you know, we, we can't have that anymore in this <sighs> world of, run by Nicole Hannah-Jones. But I, I, I'm just not surprised, obviously, by by what's going on here with yeah. the State of the Union. But, you know, considering there's going to have to be proof of vaccination, there's not going to be a full house, everybody has right. to be masked. It's not entirely surprising that fencing is going up anyway, because they probably yeah. think putting fencing up will keep COVID out. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Put up a chain link fence to keep a virus out. That You know what? You're probably right. They probably are thinking that. Curtis Houck, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Carl. All right. Well, America isn't taken seriously anymore on the world stage because of Joe Biden. Sure. I mean, look, definitely. But there's a lot more to this. Stick around. Find out. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is an ad for the United States military. You get that? Two minutes talking about this woman's two moms and five seconds of her actually being in the military. I <laughs> wonder why Putin isn't taking us seriously. But it's not just the military, it's even the CIA. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Who cares? 
I don't care if you can change a baby's diaper or whatever. Can you do your job? The only question that should concern our military and our intel community is, can you find the bad guys, give that information to our military so we can go kill them and break their stuff? Full stop. This is insane. This is the reason that no country takes us seriously anymore. The military is not a social experiment. You want to know what a good military ad looks like? The kind of ad that recruits tough, battle-ready people to win wars. You might have noticed that's not an American military ad. That's a Russian military ad. And ours should be tougher because when bullets start flying, I don't care if you're a cisgender whatever with nine moms. I care about your ability to shoot back. Can you beat the enemy of the United States? If you're concerned about anything else, like white rage or whatever, find a different job. This is why no one takes America seriously on the global stage right now. Because while Russia is putting out ads like this, we're too busy talking about our feelings and making sure no one's offended. It's absolutely ridiculous, folks. But I do appreciate you watching tonight. I'm Carl Higgins. Remember to catch me on Saturday and Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you there. Stinchfield is next.